Super Talk Mississippi media production. Back-to-back opponent previews as we're catching up this week after a week off. We're talking about Auburn today, and when I talk about Auburn, I always talk to my friend Brandon Marcello over there at Auburn Undercover, the 24-7 site for the Tigers, another 24-7 site where the name makes sense. Brandon, if anybody who's listened... Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, before we get into Auburn, I told you, have a hot DC Universe take ready. Give it to me. I will never be satisfied with any Batman movie. That's That's more or less just a hot take for myself. You weren't satisfied with The Dark Knight? No, I was satisfied with it, but it wasn't a Batman movie. It was was a movie more about the Joker. I I, I want a Batman movie. I I see where you're coming from on that. Are you going to go see The Joker movie when it comes out? Yeah, I'll just treat it like it's an Elseworlds type thing. Okay. But, you know, it's apparently getting some good uh, feedback on it. Well, um, Joaquin Phoenix is terrific, so you've got to figure he's going to be good in this, but... Yeah, I don't think I've seen a movie yet where I was like, man, he he's not a good actor. Yeah, but, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, they're putting in the Venice Film Festival, and Oof. those uh, festival directors have said it's a great movie, so we'll, right. we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, it's... To me, it's not going to be a comic book movie. It's just going to be a yeah, I agree with Joaquin that. Phoenix movie where he's wearing makeup. I agree. I guess we're going with that. All right. Anybody who's listened to this podcast, anybody who's listened to me on Sports Talk Mississippi, they know that I'm just not big on Auburn this year. I see them being ranked in the top 10, top 15, and, and I just don't see it for whatever reason. And honestly, they remind me a lot of Mississippi State last season, except they don't have an experienced quarterback. It's going to be Joey Gatewood. Maybe it's going to be Bo Nix. Sell me on these two quarterbacks and explain to me why I'm wrong about Auburn if if you think that I am. That's an interesting take. It's a good comparison, I think, because both teams, you know, compared to Mississippi State last year and Auburn this year, had great defensive lines returning, uh, offensive lines returning, um, and yet, but the difference for Auburn is that they they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. That is an interesting comparison. you know, I'm still still trying to see if anybody can sell me on Auburn. I, I'm waffling. I, I, this season go one of two ways. I mean, that's, I know it's sort of a cop-out. It could be a good season or it could be a bad season. It's just the schedule's so tough, and then when you have the unknowns at the quarterback spot between Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix, two freshmen, one of which is a redshirt freshman being Joey Gatewood, um, it's just difficult for me to sit here and go, hey, that's a team that could potentially win if all they get the breaks, uh, 10 games. I, I, You know, it's just difficult to say that, especially against the schedule. I mean, for Auburn, it's probably their most difficult schedule since 1983. And I know that that means much to your viewers or list, list viewers, listeners, um, but it's just, I mean, they have they have four games away from Junior Stadium against teams that might be in the top ten or top fifteen, and then they have two games at home against top five programs in Alabama and Georgia. Um, find me eight wins in there. I mean, for any team really, other than the elite top five teams, it, it's difficult. So, yeah, I mean, you you want me to sell you on? Auburn being very good this year, I'm still trying to sell myself on it because, you know, I'm leaning more toward them, you know, winning less than eight games um, than winning more than eight games, if if that makes sense. It's just an entirely different situation with their schedule, and until one of those quarterbacks goes out there and proves that 
they're elite. Uh, I, I just don't know how they win 10 games or anything close to that. One thing that I, I, through the years with Auburn, when they've been really good, they've had great running backs. You know, last year they didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher. Booby Whitlow is a back that I like. I think he's a good back. He's talented. Can he take a big jump this year and be that, that elite running back that Malzahn's offense seems to need? Yeah, I think I think so. That's the one area where like there's an unproven guy or something that I think there's going to be a lot of improvement from because you know Mississippi State fans might remember last year. You know he had that broke that long run and then fumbled the ball right before the goal line against State, and that was just a tiny example of many things he did incorrectly last season because that was his first year ever in his entire life playing running back. This is a guy who played quarterback in high school, played cornerback, came to Auburn as a receiver, and then moved to running back last season, and then all of a sudden was the starter um, because he was just the most talented guy they had. And he's kind of come into a situation this past spring and the offseason under the new running backs coach, Cadillac Williams, believe it or not. Um, And I've talked to Cadillac a little bit about Booby. Whitlow, and he's just like, this guy is so talented. I think he could be one of the better guys in the entire country just because of his talent. But here's so many things of this technique that I've had to refine, um, whether it's just being simply being patient and waiting for blocks. He says he watched film last season after he was hired here, and he said Whitlow left so many yards on the field because he just wasn't patient or he made the wrong cut or he did this wrong or that. Things that a running back with a couple of years of experience, just even in high school, would better understand. This is a guy that just didn't understand it because, one, he was played quarterback in high school, and while he was a dual-threat guy, he played at a small, single-A school uh, at Lafayette, not Lafayette, like in Mississippi, which I always, I always got that incorrect when I was in Mississippi. I always said Lafayette, and everybody's like, no, it's Lafayette. Um, They'll get but, over uh, it. I know. But, um, but, but listen, this guy, I think, can make a big jump. I've had people inside that program tell me that, that he's a guy they expect to hit 1,300 yards this season, which sounds like a lot, but, I mean, Auburn's had some 1,600-yard rushers in the Malzahn era, and, they expect to get back over that 1,000-yard hump, and they expect Whitlow to be that uh, you know that top-tier running back for them. The Auburn offensive line, when I watch Auburn, they are either really, really good or they are a true liability. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any middle ground with Auburn on the offensive line. What is their offensive line this year? Uh, they got five senior starters, and they feel really, really good about them. Um, you know, last year, it's the same group from last year, though, they struggled in the first half of last season. A lot of them were newer, even though they were upperclassmen. Um, they were backups most of, most of the time, you know, heading into last season. And it took us some time to gel. Um, and they didn't really gel until they figured out the center position. They kept flip-flopping guys there, one because of injury, two just because they're testing things out. They finally settled on the center. And when they did that during the last five games of the year, uh, they played much better. I think their average, just for example, one small example, their average yards per rush increased by a yard, which you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, when you when you, you on every on every run, I mean that's three yards on every down. Um, if you're running the ball as much as Auburn does, so I, I think that this is going to be a pretty good offensive line for them. 
The issue for them is they have, like, zero depth, Brian. Um, they've got five starters. They don't quite know who their sixth lineman is at any position. I mean, they know who they'll probably put out there, but they don't know who's the best guy and whether they're going to be ready. Um, they have an upperclassman that tackle Bailey Sharp, who's a backup, but he's never played really all that much throughout his entire career just because he hasn't been up to expectations. Um, Broderius Ham um, is a huge guy, and I keep being told that like he's the best lineman overall, starter or not, in practices, but he hadn't played any games really, and that's because he, he had a, he had a battle cancer Um when he signed with Auburn and he had to step away from football for two years and then he had to get his body back in shape and you know, back, back to being a college lineman. So they're, they're, you know, they're trying to get him ready and he's been ready for about the last year and a half, but I think that he will probably be their sixth best lineman. But what I guess what I'm trying to get at is if they have two injuries or even maybe one injury on that offensive line, they could be in a heap of trouble and they get, certainly revert back uh, to being a line where you're going, wow, they can't protect the quarterback. They can't, you know, open up any running lanes. So if they stay healthy, I think it could be one of the top three offensive lines in the SEC when I look at everybody. Um, but if they suffer an injury or two, they could be in the bottom half of the league. Yeah. So I made that Mississippi State comparison. Obviously, MSU had the top defense in the country last year, both total defense and scoring defense. Is Auburn going to be that way this year? Is this the nation's best defense? <laughs> Ah, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, that's difficult to 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 you know to do, um, particularly in the SEC. And and as I said, against the schedule, I, I think they could be top ten. Um, you know, they've been near that top ten area for most of the Kevin Steele era anyway. Um, I my big question with the defense this year is the defensive tackle spot next to to uh, Derek Brown, who everybody expects to be a first round guy next uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know who the starter's going to be there. Um, they might just have to do a rotation. They might move their buck pass rusher, Nick Coe, inside, which, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing to do, but I'm not a coach. Um, that That's the area that concerns me. Like, is that going to affect them uh, more than maybe than we necessarily believe at first glance? I think their secondary is going to be very good. I think it's going to be better than it was last year. They've got a lot of experience returning. Um, and they have to replace all their starting linebackers. And I know it, you might go, man, that's a big loss, but the guys coming in are, are more talented um, than the guys they had last year. They were experienced last year. These guys coming up are talented and they're experienced because they've been backups for two years. And, these are five- and four-star guys, whereas the others were like three-star and four-star guys. Um, and they expect them to be just as good as they were last year, a linebacker, if not better, by the end of the season. So I think it be a top-ten defense. And, and if that happens, they're going to have a chance in practically every game this season. Um, but my big question mark with this entire team is, is just offense and particularly the quarterback position. They've got to have a game-changer. I think to, to to win some big games this year. Well, you and I seem to be on the sort of the same page with Auburn, and, and you know, you look at their schedule. In the first four games, they have the game with Oregon, and then they go to Texas A and M, and then they play Mississippi State in the fifth game of the year. If Auburn's two and two, 
when they play Mississippi State. And you know that this game traditionally the winner goes on to win eight or nine yep. games. The loser they're gonna they're gonna push for six. What happens if if Auburn loses this game to Mississippi State and they're two and three? Is that the end of Malzahn? You know, it's it's difficult for me to say because in the past Auburn has not since Bowden have they fired a coach or made a change in the middle of the year. Um, they always wait till the end of the season. Um, but I'll say this: if they're two and three at, at, with the loss of Mississippi State at that point. I think the writing's on the wall, and his tenure is probably over. Um, and maybe they would make a change in the middle of the year. Things have changed at Auburn uh, over the last few years. New athletics director. Um, they've got some turmoil in the president's office, so maybe it would change things where maybe they would make a change in the middle of the year, and maybe you make a Kevin Steele, you know, head coach in the interim. But yeah. Um, the thing is with this schedule, it's like it, there's so many games are so important, and if you lose some games early, it, well, he might he might be in a situation where he's coaching for his job against Mississippi State, um, and then he wins that game. Let's say he's three and two, yeah. But then he's coaching against his job against LSU at LSU, mm-hmm. where Auburn has not won since 1999. Yeah, the cigar I mean, game, right? It, yeah, the cigar, cigar game. So, I mean, this schedule is just brutal for him. It's brutal for Auburn. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one of those years where if they do not win their opener, or let's say they win their opener, and, but then lose that Texas A&M, it's going to be one of those things where every week it's going to be a hot seat game. Yeah. And uh, it's. I, I wonder how that will wear on a team and wear on the coaches. And, and you think about you think about, you know, the last time Malzahn was sort of in that position, having to win a game to keep his job, he won it and beat LSU. And, of course, Les Miles was fired, you know, as a result. Yeah, of that, so. I mean, that that was that was pretty much the win, winner-go-home game. Yeah. And, uh, Loser and Auburn almost match, lost yeah. that. And Auburn almost lost that game. They they overturned a touchdown by LSU yeah, in the final yeah. second. They realized the play clock, or the, uh, play clock had gone down uh, to zero before the snap, um, and then Les Miles was fired the next day. Yeah. And that was the season Auburn almost lost at home and should have lost, to be honest, to Jacksonville State, an FCS yeah. team. They, they needed overtime. They needed to come back against them to win that game. And um, Yeah. Um, and that w- in that season, they, they, the reason why they weren't good is because the quarterback spot. They thought they were going to be in great hands with Jeremy Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he was a total bust, and so I don't think they have a quarterback like that this year. But when you have uncertainty at quarterback, uh, everything—I mean, everything's on the table. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens when Mississippi State makes the trip to the Plains to play Auburn. Like we said, it's always—it's always a swing game uh, for both teams, and State has two of them in a row because after they play Auburn, they go to Tennessee. That's going to decide the season for the Bulldogs. We'll see what it does for the Tigers. Brandon, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining me today. All right. See you, Brian. Thanks, man. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.